You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. It's five o'clock on Friday afternoon. My name's Jacob, here with you on Community Radio Station 3CR, and this is a Friday Raid. Well, it's Friday again and the Friday Rave, and um, you're with me, Jacob Grek, and I'm sitting here in, um, I don't even know what the street's called, but it's a closed-off street like a mall in Sydney's Chinatown, um, trying to get away from the traffic noise as much as I can. It's a beautiful day here in in Sydney, apart from the lockdown. We're all suffering the, what's the word, uh, the lockdown blues, I guess, in Melbourne as much as Sydney by the sounds of talking to friends and family down there. But anyway, you listen to Community Radio, Radical Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial in Melbourne, oh, through 3CR Digital via the wonderful World Wide Wobbly Web at 3cr.org.au or maybe you're listening to a podcast because a Friday Rave is now available via either 3cr.org.au or your favourite podcast client. Or perhaps you're listening through your state-of-the-art surveillance police helicopter in the sky. However you're listening, I hope you're having a good Friday. And um, I'm not in Melbourne at the moment, as I just said, but... I know a lot of listeners are, and most of a Friday Rave's listeners over the years would have been at a few at a demo or two at the State Library or Fed Square or one of the detention centres, or more recently outside the Mantra Hotel, um, or maybe you travelled out to Pine Gap or Woomera or went up to Canberra for a big national demo. Wherever you were, you would have noticed a bloke behind the camera, always getting at the front to capture all the action of protests as they're happening. And it's um, not often we get to talk to the bloke behind the camera, and I'm delighted, I've got to say, to have on the other end of my telephone line today, by the wonders of modern technology, um, Melbourne's own protest documenter, um, Box 4's own Anthony Snowden. Anthony, welcome to 3CR. Jacob, thank you very much and thank you for the introduction. Yeah. How are you doing down there in lockdown Melbourneville, mate? Oh, it's um, well, much like Sydney. Well, no, it's actually much worse in Sydney, but yeah, it's full on lockdown here as well. So yeah. lockdown, lockdown continues, but so do the, the anti-lockdown rallies. Oh, right, okay. Well, before we get to the anti-lockdown rallies, <laughs> you've been documenting protests for a long time, eh? And I think a lot of people, and um, perhaps a lot of people who are either younger than you or I, well, you're younger than me, but um, younger than us or who have only just recently got involved in the protest movement or have recently moved to Melbourne, would be familiar with you hanging around at protests and everything, but not quite sure of who this bloke is. When did you start um, videoing rallies, mate? Well, uh, I, the first 
when I actually the, technically the very first one was uh, a rally against George President George Bush George H Bush so that's George Bush Senior when he came to Melbourne for one day in January 1992. And yes. I believe you were there, Jacob. Yes, I remember that. So it was a bit of a Dorothy Dixon question because I do remember you being there, mate. And we have I, spoke about I, it. I didn't, I didn't know you remember being there, but I didn't know you. And I, actually, I didn't know anyone at all. No one didn't know a single activist. And um, so that was the one-off sort of the expression goes. And then I started documenting full-on from S11, which is the um, the uh, three-day uh, protest against the World Economic Forum. Nine years later. Nine years later, in um, September 11 to September 13, 2000. Right. So, so from that period, September 2000 to now, I've been doing it non-stop, I guess you could say, and um, around Australia too, uh, well, playing game with you. Yeah. And um, when we're at Detention Centre, two back to the Detention Centres, they're both in South Australia. Sydney a few times, and Canberra a few times. Yeah. But Melbourne, where I live, yeah. Mostly, mostly in Melbourne. Yeah. And And in this time, how have you... Have you noticed any change in the way protests take place? Because we're talking from two... Let's leave off the 1991 for a moment. Um, We're talking since 2000, uh, September, the the World Economic Forum, the first September 11, or not the first, but an earlier September 11. Um, That's 20 years, mate. That's 21 years coming up next week or a week after next. How how have you noticed... um, have you noticed any change in protests in those 20 years? Well, do you mean in terms of the police or in terms of the... Well, actually, yeah, there's something that's fascinating to me, at least, is um, technology. So back in 2000, uh, there was no social media at all. That's right. And not many people, not people, not people, not many people would know this, but hardly anyone had a mobile phone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, hardly anyone has. So at, at S11, um, if, when I look back at my old footage, you've got messages that are written down on the building saying, in short, um, Tuesday, 6 a.m. Wow. Why, you know, there's messages written all over the place about what to do the next day. Wow. Hey, yeah, that's on the footage. Um, and, and the technology has improved. I remember you used to bloody... Um used to lug a camera around on your shoulder about the size of a small truck. Yeah, I've had really big cameras, and, and now it's occasionally, well not all the time, but sometimes I'm just doing it on the um, on a, uh, an iPhone. It's shot 4K, the footage is incredible. Yeah, well, the, the, the cameras on an iPhone now are, are probably um, better than the cameras you had, in the, as I say, the size of a small truck 20-odd years ago. They are. Yeah, the technology is well and truly um, advanced, and um, and the way, that, as I said before, the way that protesters can communicate is um, is so different than what it was 21 years ago. Yeah. Um, and also, just along those lines, those trips that people used to do, you know, to in, you get on buses outside Trades Hall and go out to Woomera or in the South Australian Desert or Axton Tennis Centre. You know, twice in the South Australian Desert, all to Sydney, all to Canberra. Yeah. These are all coaches that were hired and all the activists jumped in on them and we slept overnight in the bus. That, that whole world has just gone. Yes, it has, hasn't it? It has. Yes. That, no 
no one does that anymore, and um, I've spoken to a few people about why. I'm, I'm assuming it's technology and Facebook and Twitter and communications and um, yeah, so people just don't go, just don't do that. That, that world is is left. Oh, look, I think it's partly that. I think uh, another um, another factor to that is it's well, the dole and pensions and all the rest of it haven't gone up at all since then, and so oh. it's. It's harder for people to travel. People have to have to work. Um, university requirements are harder. So it's um, the whole way the state is. What's the word? Putting itself together is um, which we're seeing the ultimate uh, manifestation of in lockdown um, is to restrict people's availability to move. And that's, I mean, obviously lockdown is for a particular purpose. I'm not playing down the COVID risk, but. Um, but it, it is they're, they're, it, on top of COVID. There has been a move to the securitisation of the state, which is um, stopping people's ability to express themselves in protests and um, and to travel around a bit. Uh, I sort of beg to differ, Jacob. Okay. I, I think it's more what I just. I, I, I really I think it's more the technology, the advance of technology, is my is my opinion. Yeah, well, look, I don't I don't think it's an either or, but that's okay. We could have a difference of opinion, mate. With that, what you just said can be part of it, or definitely part of it. So it's probably a number of, like anything in, in life, it's a number of factors. Mm. But the fact is, those, those coach trips, just no one, they just don't get organised anymore. No, they don't. They don't. It's, um, and look, I, I was never a big one for coach trips. I used to always um, take my own vehicle. That's right. Yeah. Coming back from Canberra with you once, you drove car back from Canberra, yeah. Oh, that's right, that's right, the yellow ute, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, yeah, so I came back to you from Canberra once, and um, yeah, you were always more taking your own vehicle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, apart from apart from anything else, I, I, I'm a driver, you know? <laughs> I, I, like, I, I, like, I like driving, well, you're driving for a living these days. But yeah, so uh, apart from the technology... Um, which is how protests are documented and stuff. How? What? You mentioned the police. What kind of? Um, have you noticed any any change over the last twenty years in say the way people organise and the way people conduct themselves as protests? And by people, I mean protesters, police, people walking past, members of the general public, anyone. Well, there is one thing I I would mention. I don't believe that. OC foam or pepper spray was used at all at S11. Right. So that was, you know, as we mentioned before, 21 years ago. I just don't think the police used it. They used bats and they smashed people um, in the head and, and poked it into their stomachs and things. There were a lot of very serious injuries at S11. Yes. Now, that's pretty well the last time where I would say where bats were used in a, in a, a large degree. They have, they, they, they have been used at and other rallies, but only sort of really, very rarely I see it used. Yeah. But it has been. Um, but there it was just all the time everywhere. Why would that be but politically? It, because... It, it shifted from bat use to um, capsule spray to disperse people. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the, the technologies are increasing on both sides, I guess. Yeah, and um, now what was your second part of the, about the how the protests are different. Yeah. Well, how, have you noticed any different about, about the way the protests actually take actually happen? Uh, are you referring to actual lockdown ones? I'm That's referring to protests, mate. I don't. I'm not talking about the issue right now, but 
I'm saying yeah, well, the anti-lockdown protests are totally different from the left protests. That what you're asking? Well, it's not what I was asking, but let's go there. But let's go there. You've been um, in recent in recent times, while the left has been, you know, abiding pretty much by the anti-lockdown um, protocol oh, by, by yeah, the by the yeah. lockdown protocols. <laughs> sorry, sorry, um, and. You know, in, in, in some ways, some sections of the left, I've got to say, have, um, have amazed me how, how quick they seem to be adopting uh, a lot of the measures, you know, um, Facebook feeds coming, um, being so supportive of, of what are repressive measures. But um, there's been this other movement start up, the um, anti-lockdown protests, and you've been, while well, none of the left has been going to them, um, you've been at just about all of them that have happened in Melbourne, I believe. That's right. I've been to all of them, all the main, not every single one, because some tiny ones I don't even hear about, I find about later on, but all the major ones I've been to, yes. And t- tell us, like, what, what what's happening there? Who, who Who's organising them? Who's going to them? What are the people like? What happens out Okay, well, as you said before, none of the left to go to them. I, I recognise actually two people out of the thousands of people to go to them who I know. So basically, they're all new people to protests. Right. So I don't, well, I'm, I know it's a big statement for me to make, but I've never seen them. I've never seen these faces before. Right, and you've, um, I guess, looking through a camera lens and then editing it down afterwards, you're, you're probably looking at people's faces more than most people at a protest. Oh, of course, I'm always looking at them, yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. These are just people new to protest in Melbourne. So, you know, everyone talks about, oh, let's get the grassroots out. And that's a question that sort of died out. But I remember that years ago, you know, let's appeal to the grassroots and all that, blah, blah. But it hardly ever happens. It's mostly the same, uh, how do I put it, the same people that come to protest. <laughs> the, Mel- the Melbourne 500, I've heard you referred to in the past. Well, yeah, it's just, which is um, not a pejorative term, but. You can go to rally you, you need to, Jacob, and you spend the first two minutes greeting everyone. You, you should pretty well know most of the people are there. That's right. I, I, yeah. I, I, I remember one uh, very sad and rainy Hiroshima Day rally in the early 2000s where it was rainy and um, there were probably 30 or 40 people gathered round and I got up on the stage and welcomed everybody by name except for... <laughs> except for one couple who were standing at the end, and I got to them and I said, I don't know you, why don't, we, why don't you and I go and sit under that umbrella over there and we can have a yard? <laughs> Everyone else has heard me a hundred times before and they can say it just as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but that's, that's what happens. God, that was 2000, that was 2000, I think it was. It was before S11. Oh, right. Be- S11 as opposed to 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so getting back to it, the... Um all new people, I would characterise them as being um, uh, from, uh, well, not politically, um, in, not politically engaged, yeah, just from the other suburbs, uh, I know that cause they, you know, you hear where they live and it's suburbs, and just the other suburbs, that's all I'll say, you know, and um, yep. very passionate and also... Um, the relationship with the police is strange because it, some of these at, at the, at the anti lockdown rallies that uh, that go off without a police um, incident, some of them are held and um, 
during no restrictions or minor restrictions and the, and the police are there and everything goes fine. They didn't do this cheering or the cops appeared. They if they did police, then give them three cheers. And they're not being ironic, are they? No, no, no. no. That's it. They're not being ironic. There's so much handshaking and smiles and everything and, and three cheers to the police that have come here and protected us. That's something you never hear from the left ever. Oh, come on. I, I will very often welcome... <laughs> Welcome our comrades from the Police Association and thank them for bolstering our numbers somewhat. Yeah, so you did your thing. Yeah. But I'm doing it, you know, with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek. Yeah, OK, well, they're, doing, they're seriously doing it, OK, which is fair enough. They're, but having said that, then there's the other, other side, so the other way they go about it, which is the fighting with the cops, which I've never seen it. Especially what happened last Saturday, that, that is the most violent demonstration I've ever filmed in my life. Well, that's what the police reckon too. Yeah, they've said it's the most violent one in 20 years, and I wrote on Facebook 21 years, referring to S11. Right, okay. Although, having said that, like, it did occur to me, there was one, I think it was Choggum. Choggum came to Melbourne in 2006. Six, yep. There was street battles with the cops and things were thrown at the cops on a Saturday afternoon. That's right, yes. you remember that one? I do. Yeah, so that was... There's that one. That was the other very violent one. This confrontation. Mm. Um, so there's S11, which wasn't really attacking the police. That, that Chogan one was more attacking the cops. Yeah, but the... Um, yeah. The... The... What do we call it? The uh, S11 one was yeah. more about... Um, the way the police just moved in on people holding yeah. the line. Yeah, they were like groups it, of people. It wasn't a, it wasn't a two-sided blue. Yeah. And let's face it, with the kind of equipment they've got, it's never a two-sided blue, is it? Well, no, it isn't. Um, and um, also, another factor that a lot of people don't remember is the police have the... Have the um, They've got protection of the government, and uh, they've got special laws now that have been passed where you, where um, if you harm a housing uh, emergency services worker, yeah. So they've, they've locked in the um, ambos and fires into this, along with the cops, and you can go to jail for six months. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, um, pretty, cra- pretty crazy, isn't it? When you when when you think about it, and. And, um, you know, I mean, I mentioned some years ago I was concerned when they brought in a whole lot of the victims of crime legislation. Um, I noticed around the late 80s, early 90s, that all of a sudden, pro- and that gives away my age, done that, I was already organising protests then, but um, we already moved to a, to a point, as soon as that um, victim of crime compensation stuff came out, we... We started moving to res- from resist arrest to assault police, and everyone was getting charged with assault police. And I, f- I really believe that a big part of that is because um, if you get charged with assault police, then the copper becomes a victim of a crime, and they get an extra payout. And every little bit, every little bit helps. You know, um, poor bastards. Um, yeah, but anyway, getting back to the lockdown protests. Yeah, yeah, what have we done? We've still got, I don't know, let's say seven or eight minutes to go. Um, I've noticed, I've watching some of your footage, it does seem to me that there are two different types of lockdown protests. 
there are, as you say, the small ones and um, and people who are, you know, some of the some of the people who rocked up to the Assange rallies, for example, which the left largely stayed away from as well. I've noticed at lockdown protests, um, and I think partly that's because they're just new to the whole protest thing. They're excited by the whole thing. Um, but then there are others where there does seem to be an organised um, right-wing element. Oh, well, you know, I've read, all, I've read this on Facebook, Jacob. A lot of the Melbourne left, uh, what the better term, um, are obsessed with neo-Nazis and fascists. Uh, fair enough. I'm not having a go at them for that. But um, then they've now um, come up with an idea that that's what is behind all the late lockdown rallies. Yeah. And I, I've met so many people who lockdown rallies. And uh, look, there are there are no doubt some of those people that are there. Um, I've found out since. And uh, I've seen some shirts of cowboys. Shirts have been worn that they didn't realise at the time. And... And some of the people have found some of the organ- one organised and said he's associated with the Proud Boys and blah, blah, blah. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, most of these people um, are coming out to these rallies because they're uh, fed up with the lockdown and wearing a mask and, and, and some, a lot of them are anti-vaccination. They just want their lives to return to normal. And um, as soon as the, um, these, the wife does return largely to normal, they'll go back to their homes. They won't be joining... You know, according to some people, oh, it's all going to be a big recruiting drive for the, for the neo-Nazis. Yeah, well, I guess that's because a lot of the left organisations treat rallies as big recruiting drives. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's, face, let's face it, you know, a rally is a recruiting drive. And rallies should be recruiting drives, recruiting drives to the movement. I mean, part of, I think, where the, uh, an issue that's happened... Um, Look, I, I, I guess I, I, I was at a rally once. It was organised by Trades Hall, and um, everybody came back and said it was great, it was a success, it was wonderful, it was a big success, and all the rest of it. And I said, "What? So they've changed the law?" And they said, "No." I said, "Well, how are you calling it a success?" And I guess that is indicative of like the idea of getting the big rally is the success, whereas. So it makes the rally the end point of a political engagement rather than the commencement point. And whether we're talking about FASH or some of our um, some of our socialist friends, I can't blame them for wanting to use rallies to recruit. I think we call a rally, we have a, a seminal event, and from that we talk to people at the rally and, you know, some organisations ask people back to their rooms afterwards, whatever, um, you know, a, a cynical, a, a cynical fucking view of it would be um, that that's all the rally was for. But another view of, of course, they will. We want to try to get people who have come to a rally to stay engaged and maintain their interest in in, yeah, in the action. I, I don't have any problem at all with that people try and recruit um, uh, others into their um, party as a rally. But I'm saying that doesn't happen. And um, I'm saying at any lockdown rallies, no, there's not neo-Nazis running around signing people up. Right. And some of the... They're not, um, take, the, not take them back to rooms and, you know, get them election. Um, sorry to mean that. Um, they're not... Just, no. Yeah, OK. They're, well, they're I'm, just, 
You don't think any of it's happening? Are there, at these anti-lockdown rallies, are there tables from mobs like, you know, the Citizens Electoral Council or any of the more... because we're coming close to the end of our time. Yeah. Um, you've, how can I put this diplomatically? I'm probably not going to be diplomatic. I'm just going to be Jacob and blurt it out. You've copped a bit of shit for, um, for, covering, um, for covering these anti-lockdown rallies. Tell us about that. Oh, OK. Um, oh, well, it's like um, that whole expression, why do you give them a, why give them a platform? What does that mean? I mean, if I go to a rally, I, I mean, I cover from all, all sides. That's the point. I, I, the way I look at it. Right. If the lockdown rally is on, I'll go to it. But so will Channel 7, Channel 9, SBS, ABC, The Age, mm. and, Sun, and a whole lot of independent photographers I know, and photographers that are stringers, and photographers that are happening to sell the news agencies, to give the Guardian, and to Daily Mail. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Why can't I go? Everyone else is going, and then we, we, we all... We all try, or well, most of us try, and cover both sides of an issue. Yeah. Like when I when I go to, when I cover those those rallies that are organised against um, the uh, the um, what do you call it? The, um, UPS. You know, you know. The the anti-fash rallies. Yeah, the anti-fash rallies, right? I always walk up and interview the um, some a couple of the um, of those people uh, of the um. Of the fash. Well, yeah, one of the better terms. Yeah. I've, I've, I've interviewed Lee Cottrell a number of times. I've interviewed Thomas Sewell a number of times. Oh, God. Yeah, I have. I hope, I hope, I, I, I hope you washed your mic sock before you got me to speak into it. <laughs> um. Well, YouTube took down, let's just briefly, YouTube took down one of my videos from Bendigo from six years ago. Yeah. I think because someone contact them and said, oh, look, there's Thomas Sills speaking. And they've sent me this message that says, YouTube, you know, in a very condescending way, don't do that again, you've got your first strike. But I don't tell you what the reason is, and I think, oh, that's maybe because that guy's on the on this road, but it's six years later they're telling me off. Right, okay, well, someone's gone through your videos in recent times and um, gone to report you. I mean, you know, unfortunately, a big part of our community has embraced the the finger-pointing, deplatforming, um, 
this person should not be allowed to speak. Call the cops. Attitude that you know it's it's um it's scary, but it's almost McCarthyist. Hopefully they don't go for all my videos and see the other times I've interviewed Thomas Sewell that are still up there. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, don't tell them that. They might be listening. They might no. be listening, man. But but you're going to keep you're going to keep doing it for the next time when we get together and have a um a good old fashioned left wing rally on. Um, who knows what it's about? I mean, apparently the um, the big problem facing our community is um, some people from the suburbs who are hanging out with nasty fascists. And don't get me wrong, the fascists are nasty. You know as well as I do that the first time they um, tried to organise a rally in Melbourne, um, I organised a counter rally for it on um, the Flinders Street Station steps there, and you oh, came. Yes, yes, I do remember that. You, you came. Were, you, you came along. You were the major person, I would say. As I say, you're going to come back and fill and fill the gaps, and um, keep doing the documentaries when we're all out of lockdown. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll be filming. In fact, I'm, I'm going to put up some um, of the um, the ones outside the Park Hotel that I that I haven't put up. That I've got a lot of time. I'll be putting those up. That was shot months ago. Great. Okay. Well, uh, we... I've got quite a lot of them that haven't been. I've shown them gone up, and others have just sitting there have not been edited yet. So I'll get onto those too. So there's so there's not so much every video I make in is anti lockdown. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay. We're out of time, Anthony. It's been wonderful to talk to you on Community Radio Three CR, and I'll see you at the next rally. Thanks, Jacob. See you then. Okay. I've stopped recording, but um, yeah, but I'm oh. still on the phone. Stop. Hang on, it's too.